Last week we talked about having issues, and I wanted to follow that up this week and, and, and clean, you know, give you a, a few notes to go with that. But the Lord's instructed me to do something a little different. But you must understand that having issues doesn't disqualify you from what you're called to do. Amen? The greatest tragedy in the church is that we felt like if we had one little thing going wrong in our life, it disqualified us from what we were supposed to do for God. And the problem is, is we shared what was going on with us with somebody in church that was supposed to be a friend. And, you know, church people are the worst people to share stuff with sometimes because they'll put it on the bulletin board. And we've created a culture where people are really closed in and don't share things. And they hide themselves off and their issue becomes more than that. It becomes something that becomes a real stronghold on them. And then when we come into an atmosphere like was created by the praise team, you walk into a real praise and worship atmosphere, it's hard for you to break free and lift your hands and, and, and really enjoy God and understand that he's here to help you because you have an adverse opinion of what he is. See, a lot of people don't want to admit this because a lot of people's not real exuberant in their worship, and I understand that. But your praise, whether it's in church or not, your praise is your opinion on who he is. The, the, your, the way you react to his goodness is your opinion on who he is to you. And your opinion, listen to me now, your opinion on who he is to you is not always shaped by how good he's been to you. It's shaped by the people around you you thought were close to him. And when you had a bad experience in life of people who were supposed to be close to God, but they hurt you or they used you or they said things to you or things didn't, they didn't actually have the character that you thought they had or whatever it is, you become somebody with a scar on the inside of you and that scar on the inside of you becomes an issue and if that issue is not dealt with, eventually that issue will become what comes out of your mouth all the time. So I want you to understand that it's the issue that doesn't disqualify you, but you do have to deal with those things to go further. And what I am primarily anointed to do is to teach sonship, and the Lord's told me to teach some things today on that. After you realize that no matter where you're at or what you're dealing with, that at the moment you get real with God and let Him begin to help you with this thing, you are qualified by the blood to begin to do whatever it is He's put in your heart to do, whether people like it or not. Amen? So we're going to learn that today. Go to Romans chapter 8. <clears throat> Romans chapter 8. And we're going to start. Uh, I'm not real sure where we're going to start. Let me, let me take a look at it because I'll, I'll get stuck in that whole chapter. Matter of fact, let's just start at verse 1. <laughs> There's so much there. There is therefore now, Romans chapter 8, verse 1, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus made us free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, it was weak in the flesh, uh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and in sin, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh, and so on and so forth. The problem with all of that, go back to verse 1. Is all of that is to say this. There is therefore now no condemnation, period. Now, I've said this about a thousand times in this church. And when you realize that there's no condemnation, that, that Jesus is not looking. Uh, April says this all the time when she preaches, and it's probably the funniest thing I think I hear her say. It, and not funny in a laughing, but ironic, because people don't get it. 
She says, when you catch yourself in a moment or when you say or you do something, God didn't fall off the throne shocked at you. See, the problem is, is we think we've done something that bothers God. Do you think he didn't see it before you ever acted on it? The problem is not that you acted on something on the inside of you. The problem is that you didn't look to him first. See, when you learn to look to him first, that issue and the problem and the thing that gets you gets smaller and smaller and smaller. But the roadblock that stops you from looking to God first is the big C word right there. It's condemnation. You feel like that if you go to God with this or if you even voice it or if you tell anybody about it or if you pray about it. You ever been to that place where you're just so miserable you don't even want to pray? Just me? All by myself? I've been there. I've walked around this very floor talking to God about things and God say, you know you're going to have to forgive them. And I say, I don't want to yet. Well, y'all might be holy, but I'm just telling you the truth. There are times you are so angry and frustrated and aggravated at what's happened to you, you want to hang on to it for a little while. And what you don't understand is it's not an issue that things happened. It's an issue that you're letting it now get roots. And those roots don't become roots that help you. They become roots that condemn you. Let me tell you about Satan. Because I served him for a long time. Satan is the guy that is always wanting you. Come on, man. It's, it's not going to hurt you if you do this. Just do it. Just do it. It's all right. Don't worry about it. Just do it. Just do it. And the minute you do it, he's the one that goes, See, I told you not to do it. What's wrong with you? Now you're going straight to hell. It, it, it shifts. But the problem is we think that's how Christians are. And we've done a good job at making people think that. We're changing the mindset of people in this region. When we run into people, we have to change their mind because the example that people have been given of Christ is not Christ. It's church. Y'all catch that, right? Church, church ain't always what Jesus is. I see Jesus getting down and dirty with me right where I'm at. He'll come right there. I don't see this head and shoulders Jesus that floats into a room and commands others to help me because he's too good. See, condemnation would say that you're at a place where you can't step over into what God's asking you to do. It's amazing to me the people that will sit right in that office and tell me God's telling them to do something, but they don't feel like they can. Do you hear the statement? God's telling me to do it, but I don't feel like I can. Who are you? If he said, well, you don't know what I've done. No, but he does. And he's telling you to do it. Are y'all hearing me? So if he's saying do it, then there is therefore now what? No condemnation. Are y'all okay with this? Because we need to know in this world of condemnation that the one thing that we can turn to in our God, he's not out to get us. He's not out to cause any problems. Now, we are 14 verses away from where I need to get. We're going to see if we can get there. But before we do that, i got to explain something. Go to verse 2. <laughs> For the, now, now, this is... We have a problem in church. But those of us that have been in church a long time, we preach Christianese. We, we, we talk in ways... You know, you go to church... And see, when I came in church and, and I had long hair and earrings and tattoos and, and all these different things, and, and I didn't speak like church people spoke. I just talked plain, which is kind of how I preach still. But I adapted a church language, especially when you get into the Word. Oh, my gosh, you get into the Word group, and you can't even say, I'm dying laughing, or you're about to fall over dead. You have to adapt to how they talk. 
we create this way of speaking that in the Bible, we kind of understand it, but we think we understand it. We don't really understand it, but it's what the Bible says, so that's what's right. You got to understand what you're reading. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus made me free from the law of sin and death. Great. Verse 3. For what the law could not do was weak in the flesh. And it goes through this whole thing to take you back to verse 1. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Now I'm fixing them. I want, if you don't have a Bible you can write in, throw that one away and get you one you can write in. Because I'm fixing to tell you something that will change your whole life. This is what set me free when I had one person set me down and show me this one scripture. These words... Therefore, there's no condemnation. There's actually supposed to be a period there. There's that, that's actually the, the Hebrew. To them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after condemnation, but after love. If you could change those two words, it will change everything in your life. To be a Christian doesn't mean that you don't understand that if you have problems, you need to let God help you fix those things. What it means is God's going to help you fix those things without condemning you. So if you can understand, is this making any, this is so simple, but I hope, are y'all getting this? This is life changing. There is therefore now no condemnation to them who walk not after said condemnation, but after love. See how easy, I'm done, I can go home now. I gave y'all a whole steak right there. If you can take Romans 8 and 1 and look at it that way every day of your life. In 30 days, your life changed. The grass is greener. Trees are browner. Water's bluer. You may still have fools in your life that cuss at you and, and raise Cain and cause all kinds of problems. But when you understand that that doesn't have to get in you, you can become like Teflon. It can slide right off of you because the one that matters the most ain't mad at you. When we get this, when we begin to understand, then we go into, roll with me, Cameron, on verse 2. Now, let's, let's change the words up. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, or for the law of love, has made me free from the law of condemnation. Y'all see that? Because death comes by what? Come on now. You, we're talking about death in the spirit. Condemnation. Because you stop doing what you're supposed to do, you become dead to the very thing you've been asked to do because you've been condemned. Whether it be by Satan, your, your friends around you, somebody you don't like, or yourself. Verse 3. For what the law or condemnation couldn't do. Now understand the law. Let's, oh, Lord, I feel myself going here. Here we go. The law was written by Moses not to give you parameters on how to live because Undoubtedly, inside of you somewhere, there is morality. The law was given to show you, you can't live this. You need a Savior. That was the whole point. But church, good church people, I don't know what denomination they came from, but good church people took it and made it into a law of this is how you better live or we're going to stone you and your kids. And because of fear, people begin to put walls up and act in a way in public that wasn't them in private. And it started this whole two-way of living thing that became a problem and is still a problem in the church today. So when you get to this place and you realize that the law was built on condemnation, it was never meant to be built on that. It was meant to be built to propel you to a place to realize this life that God promises me, I can't live without Him. 
That was the whole point. So the law, is, did that make sense before I go in? Y'all get that? So the law of condemnation was weak. God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh or condemnation. Condemned sin in the flesh, verse 4. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. That means that every area, listen, this is beautiful. If you, if you can see how this is supposed to be written. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. Which means there are crevices and holes and, and deep, deep ravines in your heart that condemnation has put there. And if you'll let the law of righteousness, and let me tell you what righteousness is not. Righteousness is not walking tight and spitting white. White righteousness is understanding who he is and that he loves you. And that no matter what you do, he's always going to love you. And because he loves you, you've accepted that love. Because you've accepted that love, you can stand before him. No matter what your issues are that you're working on, you can stand before him right and him not condemn you for it. That fills holes in you that have always been there. But now, because righteousness or love is filling those holes, you're becoming more and more whole. Now, here's the very real key. You can't do this halfway. You have to let him fill you completely, or you're going to become religious because you're going to have a little bit of knowledge and a little bit of condemnation. And that is what we've dealt with. Uh, Y'all know, y'all been here. We understand this. So, but after the Spirit, go to verse 5, please. I ain't nowhere near my notes. We might as well just roll with this. For they that are after the flesh, or listen, let's change the word flesh again to condemnation. For they that are after condemnation do mind the things of condemnation. I've always been an extreme personality. Even from a kid, you know, my, my family, they love country music, and I was listening to heavy metal. You know, they, they, they all, you know, um, <laughs> they're, they're all over here, and I'm always over here. I'm the black sheep. So when I got saved and got filled with the Holy Ghost and become this radical on-fire believer, it was just another phase to them. So 20 years later, here I am still preaching the gospel. I'm still in this phase. So it's hard for them to accept I'm not the person they knew because I've been filled with something completely different. And I don't buy into what I bought into before. I don't think everybody's out to get me. And even if they are, I'm blessed. I don't think a black cat crossing my path is going to kill me. I don't think that if I don't throw, throw salt over my left shoulder with a penny in my mouth and my eye looking to the left, that my leg's going to fall off. I don't think that way. I don't think that if I get a wart, I need to let a dog lick me on Tuesday. I don't think those ways. I think the word says... That because if I live after the things of condemnation, that's where I end up. Y'all, y'all we laugh. Y'all, you know why y'all laughing? Because y'all got people in y'all's family just like that. That's why y'all laughing. But when you live after the mindset of condemnation, condemnation becomes what you are. Every little thing. Well, I just don't know about that. If I was you, I'd get a lawyer. <laughs> I don't know about that. If I was you, I'd call somebody. I don't know if that's just, I don't know if I believe that. And you become so negative. My wife will tell you, the closer we get to Grand Bay, Alabama, the more negative I become. That's just, it's just the truth. I can own it. And I've had to make myself not talk, especially in Walmart. Those of you who were here know that story, and I don't feel like telling it today. 
<laughs> well, yeah, well, I was, uh, my mom works at Walmart, so we stopped to see my mom. We are taking the kids to the island and gotten them settled, and they were getting things done, and me, April and I jumped in the car and went back to get groceries. Well, my mom works at Walmart, and I see my mom, at this point, I think I hadn't seen her in, what, two years? It had been a while. So I don't bother her at work. I just, I have respect for work. So we're standing there, and she's talking to me a minute, and this other girl who was probably, how old was she? 19, 19 years old. She says, comes up to me, sir, can I help you? Didn't know I needed help. And uh, so at this point, now I had done so good that the whole drive down we had, so I laughed, and I'd not, got, I'd not gotten frustrated or stressed out. I'd not, nothing, oh, it was so wonderful, and I'm standing there, and this little girl, sir, can I help you? And I laughed. I said, no, I'm fine. And, uh, and then she walks on. Well, I see her down there looking at me, and I'm talking to my mom, and I think we talked, what, a minute and a half, and then you walked off to get, April gone to get groceries. So she goes to get groceries, and... I'm standing here, my mom talks to me for a minute, and she goes on and does her job, and I'm just standing here because here was the deal. Alan Bailey, don't you move from this spot so I can, like I'm a toddler, because so I can find you when I'm done shopping so we can leave. So I'm standing there, just like this. This girl comes up again. Can I help you? Still don't need no help. Then she proceeds to basically chew me out like I'm one of her employees. Y'all remember this. Like I work for her. Now she's 19. Like I work for her at Walmart and I'm interrupting the flow because I had a conversation with my mother. And she talked to me like I was a dog. Well, all that goodness I had for that three-hour drive was gone. And I went stupid like that quick. And, and I told her some things. <laughs> I had issues, praise the Lord. And we dealt with it. Then a manager comes, <laughs> little manager and I'm like buddy and by this time she's made it back hadn't you or no you come up and I'm I'm giving this manager what for just going nuts because I don't work for them why are they talking to me like this I'm I'm a customer oh I feel myself getting mad now let's move on so April <laughs> now this is me because I get back to the whole well I just I'm just gonna do this I'm gonna do it and I say you leave that buggy right there we ain't giving them none of our money. And I turn around with my chest out to walk. You know what she said? Tell them what you said. <laughs> she said, you go to the car. I ain't shopping again. <laughs> so, so now, now understand, by the time we got from that store to our house, I had calmed down. I'd, I'd, I'd actually called back and talked to the manager and apologized for my behavior. He apologized for his people. But the truth is, that's a funny story. But that happens so fast because there are things assigned to regions that we've got to understand that there is a spiritual warfare everywhere you go and that if you are not ready and prepared and at peace, what used to be in you still knows how to get you if you're not fulfilled and walking because you're minding the things that are full of condemnation. See, I walked in to talk to my mom, and what's the first thing I said? What I say? You remember that? When I walked in, I said, I hope none of these fools say nothing to me. It's the first thing I said. Fool said something to me. And then I got more foolish. Made myself look like an idiot. April said, what happens if she comes to church? I said, she knows not to talk to me like that. <laughs> I was minding the things of the flesh, and they showed up big time. Y'all have that happen every day at work, 
It happens everywhere you go. It happens in every relationship you have. You find yourself having the same arguments about the same things. It happens everywhere and every single thing because you have to stay after the things of the Spirit or after the things of love. Now, verse 6, please. Now, I told you all that to get you all to understand this. For be to carnally minded or to be full of condemnation is what? Death. But to be spiritually minded or to walk in love is what? Peace. See, if I would have walked in Walmart praying in the Holy Ghost like I used to and said, who can I bless today? Now, I'm not talking about running down the aisles, laying hands on every can of beans. I'm talking about, to me, praying. If I would have been focused on that and said, Lord, who can I bless today? I would have never even been focused on this person staring at me down the way. And it never would, when she come up and asked me if I needed help, I would have never even thought to get that frustrated about stuff. But I wasn't there. This is an everyday scripture. Verse 1 and verse 6 is every day of your life. Because if you can change the words to condemnation and love, and if you can make a list of your day, you will see which side of that you stay on the most. Now, I I really want to get a little further in this. Go to verse 7. Listen, here we go. Because Because the carnal mind or condemnation is enmity against God, and it goes into futility and all of that. Go on to verse 8. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Now, here we go, all of us negative people, and I put myself in there. All of us that are in condemnation or negativity cannot please God. Let's deal with this. I said in the beginning, God's not mad at you. My statement was, your issues can't stop you from serving God. But your self-condemnation can. Because it's not that God... Listen, read the words... Those that are in the flesh or those that are in condemnation or those that are negative cannot please God. It doesn't say God is displeased with you. It says your words can't please Him. How do you please God? You please God by letting His words come out of you and what those words say come to you and you begin to walk in the blessing. Does this make sense? So when you understand that it's not an issue that God's not pleased, but that those things can't please that he wants to be pleased. See, we've taken this and we've said, bless God because you're so, you can't please God. And then people go, well, I don't want to please God. And then, that, then that's it. And then we start to snowball. That's not what it says. What it says is what's coming out of you can't please him, yet he wants to be pleased with you. He is pleading and begging to be so pleased with you that everything he has for you, he can begin to pour on you. You've got to understand that he is absolutely a more than enough God. It's not what you can handle. It's what you can't handle. That's the beauty of God. He wants you to have so much you can't even fathom that it just keeps coming from here and just keeps coming from there. And Amos says that it just keeps rolling off the mountains like wine. I can't stop it. That's what he wants. How do you get there? You have to learn how to please. How do I learn how to please? One through seven. Change the words. Y'all see this? See, this is the kind of stuff that I have to chew on to get. Now, go to verse nine for me. Listen, but you are not in condemnation. Now, he's even telling you, this can't please me. I desire to be pleased. This is how. You're not in condemnation of the flesh, but in love. So, 
that the Spirit, so, so be that if the Spirit of God dwells in you, now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ or love, he is none of his, which means, now this is a key. Now, if you are not walking the love walk, he does, it says, he is none of his. As a matter of fact, put that up in the Amplified. Put that verse in the Amplified, and I'll show it to you a little better. Well, this has turned into a teaching day. I like this. But if you're not living uh, the life of the flesh or condemnation, you're living the life of the Spirit or the love walk, the Holy Spirit of God dwells within you and directs and controls you. But if anyone who does not possess the Holy Spirit of Christ, he is none of his, he is, here it is, he does not belong to Christ or the love walk and is not truly a child of God. This is saying one very simple thing. That to call yourself a Christian means that you have to allow yourself to begin to be filled with his love so you become a conduit of what he's trying to get into this planet. Your job's not to go around and try to be a good Christian. It's to be loved. The hardest thing for people that give is for them to receive. April can give away anything, but it's hard for her to take something from somebody. I've had people come up to me and give me their last $3. And listen, y'all, I'm just telling you. I understand the prosperity grace that's on my life. I understand the anointing. I get it. So when somebody comes up to me and gives me their last $3 and I know that they need gas, it's, I even want to say, no, no, ma'am, I can't do that. But she's believing with all her heart. What I sow into good ground is coming back to me, and I'm believing for a thousandfold. And not only is she, she believing more than I am. So if I don't receive, I stop her. Which if you can see it that way, it's got nothing to do with dollars, but everything to do with love. You believe God for what he wants in your life because of love, not because of prosperity. Does that make sense? Now go to verse 10 for me, Cam, please. Oh, Lord, I done gave you all a bunch today. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. Now, I want to read that one in the Amplified, too, and then I'll try to find somewhere to land this thing. But if Christ lives in you, then although your natural body is dead by reason of sin and guilt, the spirit is alive because of the righteousness that he imputes to you. What does that mean? This is simple. You are dead in sin right now whether you know it or not. This world is a fallen world. In God's eyes, it's fallen. The only thing in this world that has life has blood on it. Period. And if you can live in that, although, although naturally, see, because God lives by faith and he knows you're going to die. This body going to die. People come up here for me to lay hands on them. They get miraculously healed. That's wonderful. You know what's going to happen? They're going to die. Funeral homes everywhere. They're going to die. They might live to 120, but they're going to die. So here's what it comes down to. You don't focus on that because that keeps you right here in this world and what's wrong. You focus on what he's imputed into you, which is right standing, or that he loves you so much you have the right. I'm going to try to explain this to you in the word righteousness. This is, this is more of a, a, a Young's literal translation. But the word righteousness although it means right standing standing before God as if you've never sinned and that is what it means here's what it really means it means 
that you have the right to climb up in God's lap. Y'all think about that. There is nothing. Now, all my girls are big except for Jordan, so Jordan's really the last one that does it, Jordan and Zion. But I don't care what I'm doing. She'll push the table back just to get up in my lap, and I don't stop her because she can have it all. They, that my, my, my daughters, my sons, anything that I can physically make sure they have, I want them to have it, and God is much better than that. So when you live understanding that you have, the, listen to me now, here, here, here's this important thing, that you have the right to crawl up in his lap because he is your father. You also have the responsibility of doing it often. And that's why you don't walk in things. Verse 11. Let's do it in the King James, please. <clears throat> are y'all getting anything out of this? I know this is more of a teaching day, but are y'all getting anything out of this? But if the spirit of him that raised... This is what I love. This is where we start getting in sonship. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus... Now, now write this down. If you're taking notes, I want you to write down Romans 8 and 11. Because if you need your body healed, this is it. This, I'm going to give it to you in Amplified, which is a better way. But this is what, if I wake up with a cough, this is what comes out of my mouth. But the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you. He raised up Christ from the dead. Shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. Let me see the Amplified Cam. Now all of these things, with, when, I, when, I'm, when I'm praying for people up here and they call me and I, they're believing God, this is what I go with unless God speaks different. In the Amplified, it says, In the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. Then he, that's an important then, then he, which is the spirit himself, who raised up Christ. Listen, Jesus couldn't raise himself. Now, y'all got to hear this. Jesus couldn't raise himself, which means what you're anointed with is above. It's a step above what Jesus walked in, and it's in you. So what raised Jesus is in you. And if it's in you and brought him back, the blood that's on you is his. Then what does that spirit see when it's saying the right words? Jesus. Then the same response is what? This same. Got to raise it. So when you're sick and when you're dealing with these things, he who raised up Jesus from the dead will also, here we go, restore to life. Your mortal, short-lived, perishable bodies through His Spirit that what? Dwells in you. The Holy Spirit is so much more than a church 1045 reaction. He is the very essence that is a... Jesus had to be ripped open for Him to be able to come. He is so powerful. Let me say this to you. The Godhead, three in one, Jesus couldn't be on this earth as he was and the Holy Spirit be here in the fullness as he was and this earth be able to handle the revival. Do y'all understand that? So as Jesus was ripped open and you were covered in the essence of who he was and the blood of who he was, it opened up the door for the power that raised him from the dead to now rest in you. And we just said at church, like we're weak. And you don't understand that just this 20 people could flip this whole country around. 
We have that much in us. Verse 12 in the King James, please. I'm trying to find a spot. I'm sorry. Therefore, brethren, here we go. Therefore, people, you're not debtors to live in condemnation. means you don't have to, but to live in love. Let me see that in the Amplified, please. We're not debtors. I love the, in the parentheses, we're not obligated to our carnal nature, but to live a life ruled by the standards of uh, we, not, we don't have to live by the standards set up by the dictates of the flesh. Which means you don't have to. Well, pastor, it's just my nature. It's just, it's just how I was born. Fix it. You don't, well, you know, it's just, just my personality. Let me explain something to you. And I don't mean to be offensive because I've had to chew on this cookie myself. You were born pure, perfect, and holy. All this other stuff you added on. You, you were born a base model just like he wanted you to be. All this other, the attitude, the mindsets, the negativity, the condemnation, all of that you added on. But Romans 8 and 12 is telling you because of the Spirit of God, you are not obligated to stay there. I am not obligated to let my quick mouth at a Walmart just because it's my reaction make me look like a fool. Yet I did. But I can't blame myself other than to say, I didn't have to, but I did. See, it, most people, and I, even I did there for a while, didn't I? I blamed that girl. I was like, you know, she ain't going to talk to me like that. How dare she ever talk to me? She ain't going to talk to me. But see, I'm trying to cast blame. You ever been around that person that's always somebody else's fault? If it's always somebody else's fault, you're never going to live it. You're never going to set standards for yourself. I finally had to tell her, look, I'm sorry. That's all my fault. And then I went and locked myself in the sand for a while and just sat there and said, God, that was just stupid. The problem is we're not able to do that. When you learn to do that, you may screw up. Oh, Lord, listen, don't go through a drive-thru with Sherry. Jesus. You, you, <laughs> you may, y'all, listen, there's a joke that goes on, and this is the truth of what happened. I jerked a kid through a Taco Bell window for the same thing. Didn't I? He was being a smart aleck. Didn't have, it's, it's, it's their fault now. He just kept popping off to me. I can't hear you. I can't. So I reached in the window. I pulled him over my steering wheel, looking at him face to face with his little microphone like mine. And I said, can you hear me now? <laughs> over a taco. So what, what are you saying? Why are you telling us, Pastor? I'm telling you that I am blessed and I'm highly favored. And if I can do all this stuff and, 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 and get God to forgive me, you ain't got nothing he won't forgive. Because this, I've been pastors. I've been a pastor when I've done this stupidity. So my point is to get you to understand you don't have to live by your issue. You're not obligated to live by your nature. But you have an opportunity through righteousness and a responsibility to come up in his lap and hear what he has to say and do it his way. And I promise you, his results are so much better. So much better. See, his results get you to the place where they are pleasing. Because we don't have to please. You got to understand something. You, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to try, try to do this as quickly as I can. Go back, to, go back to 8 and 8 for me, please. 
Romans 8, 8. My Lord, I ain't got to one note. Y'all going to be here next week? I'll finish this next week. So then they that are in the flesh or in the condemnation cannot please God. You ever tried to please somebody that's not pleasable? That's impossible. That's impo- Don't look at me like that. <laughs> it's impossible. Let me tell you why. Because you were never called to please somebody. Here's how it's supposed to work. When you get married with somebody, now, now we've, we've been married two, over two decades, and I know her, she knows me. She can finish my sentences. She knows what I'm going to eat. She knows what I'm going to wear. She knows everything about me. I know everything about her. And the truth is, what happens is, you know what makes the, the other person happy. Well, God knows everything about you. God only wants you to know everything about him. So the, the thing is, you don't have to try to please. Here it is. You don't have to try to please God. Listen to me, especially young people. If you've got to be with somebody you've got to try to please, that ain't the person for you. Just being who you are in him should be pleasing enough. If you've got to be around. See, when, when this, the whole misconception of this scripture is for you to change your behavior. To ple- no, no, your behavior changes when your heart changes. And see, because your heart's changing, you just begin to do what he said or live. And you walk by the Spirit. You see things. You do what he says. You, 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 you fall on your face before the Lord and you worship him and you do everything that he's drawing you to. He's pleased. You don't have to write big checks and drive fancy cars and be the loudest person in the church or, or come clean up on Sunday or, 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 or be the one that's pleasing or let me serve. Those things are all good. But that's not what pleases God. What pleases God is your heartbeat in love. And when your heartbeat is in the right vein of him, things start happening. I just gave y'all prosperity 101 from start to finish. Did y'all get anything? So, so let me show this to you. Go, put that up. Let me see that in the Amplified real quick. I think there's another version of 8 and 8. Yeah. So then those that are living the flesh or living condemnation, here we are. This is what I was looking for. Catering to the appetites and impulses of their carnal nature or their condemnation cannot please, here we go, or satisfy God or be acceptable to Him. The issue is not that He hasn't accepted you. He hasn't accepted the behavior. Amen. You don't change the behavior to be accepted. Amen. You change the heart. Now, there's a reason that Proverbs tells you to guard your heart with all diligence. Because out of it flow the issues of life. Everything begins and ends in your heart. Everything. See, when I acted like a fool in that store, it was in my heart when I walked in. There's a difference in hope and wish. Wishing is flighty. Hoping is expectation. When you walk in somewhere and you say something to yourself like, I hope somebody says something to me. You're expecting. Now all the men just said, yup. Women think we're dumb. And we are. When you walk into a place saying, I hope there's somebody here I can be a blessing to. See, that doesn't feel right. But it's what's expected. See, it's not about behavior. It's not about feeling. It's about accepting his heart. The only way to change, 
April says it all the time in counseling sessions, and it's one of the truest statements. You cannot replace a thought with a thought. You can only replace a thought with a word. You have to speak out loud to change what's going on in your brain. So if I walk into a store, and in my mind, I'm thinking I've had a bad day. I hope somebody says something to me. But out of my mouth, I say, bless the Lord, I hope I can find somebody to minister to. I've just changed the outcome of that opportunity. That's what we talk about when we talk about the power of your words. Not, I'm believing God for a million dollars, where is it? That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the power of the words to change you. Because what, what your words are is what's in your heart. It's what's coming out. So with all that being said, you cannot please or satisfy or be acceptable to him. We got, you got the American standard or English standard? What, what have we got? What you got for me? Surprise. Oh, yeah, American standard right there. Is that the B part? Yeah, okay. And they that are in the flesh. I love the American standard because it's real simple. They that are in the flesh or they that are in condemnation, they can't please God. Again, it's not about pleasing God because we get into the mindset of works. It's about becoming like God. I'm going to try not to go too deep here because I can I, I open up a whole other sermon. Go to verse 14 in the King James. Now, those of you who've been here a while, y'all have heard this verse a thousand times. I'm five minutes over, but we'll get there. For as many as are led by the Spirit. See, well, when we get into sonship, because now you've changed these words, you see them different. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, or for as many as led, led by love, they are the sons of God. Verse 15, for you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, or here we go, this is it. You've not received the spirit of condemnation again to fear. Because why do you condemn? Or why does somebody condemn you? Usually it's out of insecurity somewhere in somebody, which is nothing but fear. So when you deal with that, you have received the spirit of adoption. Now you're walking in love, and you have the right and the responsibility to love on your father and climb in his lap and hear what he has to say. You're adopted, and you can cry, Abba, Father, which means Abba is a name for Papa or Daddy, but you don't leave it there. You add Father to not mix him up with some earthly father or some daddy on this planet that's failed you, that he is intimate enough. Listen, he is intimate enough to be your daddy, but he is God enough to be your father. Amen. And you can love on him while he's changing you. Now, I've got to leave that there. I've got to leave that right there because I'll go too far in this. So in, when you understand that you have the right through adoption by accepting the blood of Jesus, that you don't have to earn your spot in this kingdom, but that it's freely given, Amen. your life changes. Amen. Amen. God, isn't that good? Y'all stand to your feet with me.